Welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show, seen Wednesdays on the Sports Collectors Daily Facebook page and the Great American Collectibles Facebook page. You can also listen to us on iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Spotify. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by the National Sports Collectors Convention and Sports Collectors Daily. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all of your hobby news, features, and more, go to sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now your hosts, Tom Zappala and Boston sports personality, John Mallory. JM, good morning. What's up, buddy? What's going on, brother? How are you? I said good morning, but it's really night. But it's really, forget it. Doesn't matter. How's everything? I'm great. How good, are you? Good, good. Welcome to the Great American Collectible Show, Tom Zapp and my good friend, John Mallory, oh. Boston sports personality. <laughs> right. I mean, you do all the writing. You do all that crap. I do everything. Uh, by the way, you can watch us on Facebook, YouTube, or listen to us on your favorite podcast platform like Spotify, Hot Radio, Pandora. Just ask, and you can just ask Pandora. Say, listen, the uh, Great American <laughs> Collectible Show. We want to listen to it. You can reason with her. You can. Yeah. Right, listen, we have a good show today. We're bringing in Danny Wilkin from Memory Lane Auctions, and we're going to bring in Lee Behrens from Sterling Sports Auctions. But first, our headline. Lombardi landline, Vince's old office phone on the block. <laughs> One can only imagine hearing the voice on the other end as he brought the receiver to his ear. Lombardi, the NFL's most famous name, name in arguably its most important decade, probably got right to the point. Bottom line, the phone, once used, and it's got a beautiful silver top to it, once used by Vince Lombardi, his office phone, is now going up for auction wow. on the Heritage uh, Auctions website uh, from 1968. This You should see the phone. It's absolutely gorgeous. There's provenance, but it was the phone that Vince Lombardi used every was day. Is it green and yellow? Nope. Oh. It's uh, just a regular phone, but it's got a silver top to it. Rotary? Oh, yeah. Rotary dial. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was, I guess it was donated by his the family of his secretary, uh, Vince Lombardi's phone in his office. Her name was Ruth McCloskey. He gave it to me when he left for Washington, D.C. in 1968. The consigner acquired the phone from McCloskey, and according to Heritage, will provide a letter of provenance referring to the transaction. Do you think he gave it to her? Or... (laughs) <laughs> good, good question. Good question. For more information, you can go to sportscollectorsdaily.com. Sports Collectors Daily, our good friend Rich Miller, and the gang there. That's a neat item. It is kind of different. Lombardi. Kind of different, right? right? All right, let's bring in both Lee and Dan. Welcome, gents. How you guys doing? Doing well. Thank you. Good, good to see you guys. Now, uh, Lee is in Minnesota, Danny is in California, correct? Correct. Awesome. Uh, we're we're going to talk. Uh, Lee, you've got a, an we auction. We have the whole country covered. I know. We do. Pretty right? much. Uh, Lee, you have an auction closing Thursday, correct? Correct. And uh, you've got, uh, I was looking at the site, man. You've got some really cool stuff. Definitely. Really cool stuff. I saw the cobs. Talk, tell us about the cobs you have. How many you got? Four or five? There, there's four cobs in there. Um, I got there's three different backed red portraits: a polar bear, an old mill, and a sovereign. And then uh, there's an M116, and the M116s are interesting in the auction. They they uh, there's two different groups. One group's proofs. The other group is all came from a antique dealer that got them as a group came in 20, 30 years ago. Send them to me all raw. And they're just gorgeous looking cards. Some of them had glue residue on the back, so that downgraded them. But four and a half in this cob is Well, you know, the the M116s, that's an interesting issue because that seems... Can you guys talk about that a little bit? Yeah. People who don't know what they are. Hey, Danny, jump in here, too. The M116, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's really picked up a head of steam because of the Wagner card, correct? Yeah, the Wagner card's a beautiful card in that set, and there are not that many around. I mean, they had a little bit of a find of those. But it's still a really tough set, and it's still they're still real tough cards to find. I have uh, I have one. Uh, it's not a high grade. I think it's a two uh, with the pastel back. 
But that particular M116 issue is a really cool set, and I think people are starting to gravitate towards it. Well, it's because it's affordable. Yeah. It's affordable, a lot more affordable than getting like the T206s with that, with either similar portraits or, and you're like, you're buying a piece of art. Good point. Uh, you got a Burke Ross mantle also. Uh, tell us about yes. that. Uh, first one that came through Sterling, I'm sure they had more in memory lane, but kind of tough to see it. But yeah, here's the Burke Ross mantle. Tough and card. Very tough card. Mm. Did? Yeah. Well, and the other one that I was telling these guys, I didn't realize Frank Robinson had a 56 card, but Cons put out a 56 Frank Robinson. So this is so this is his true rookie card. Have you seen? Uh, I have never seen that card. I mean, are there many out there? Does anybody know? I'm not I sure. The pop report sales were less than 10 off the, that I saw, but what the pop report actually on the two was not much, but. Yeah. Once again, I've been around this hobby since 1980 and never knew the thing existed. But what is that? I see what is, the stuff I've never seen before. So uh, let me uh, ask Lee that that card right now. May I ask what it's at? Because that seems like a hell of a of, of a card to me. Uh, just give me one second here, and we'll have a price for you. I was kind of surprised that this is a, a one, and I think the previous sales were it's at 900 bucks, and then you got to tack on the buyer's premium. So. And, and that's kind of similar to, I think they went up to like 1500 bucks there. It hasn't just hasn't been a whole lot of sales, but uh, Interesting. so it, it's, it's an inexpensive way if you want to get a true Hall of Fame. And I've always thought Frank Robinson is great severely player. Great player. Lee, I was on the, uh, the Sterling Sports side looking at your auction. One of the great things about this auction, Zappa, I mean, there's stuff across all decades of baseball. If you're into the vintage, but you also have stuff, you know, like a Frank Robinson, 60s, 70s items. Can you just talk about the variety, a little bit of items that you have? Yeah. I mean, I got the different rookies from uh, Dr. J, Jim Brown. Right. The 50s and 60s rookies. There's some PSA 10s in there from 70s and 80s cards and the baseball. I, I do the four major sports in boxing and golf and non-sports. So, you never know what trickles in with that stuff. I mean, there's a, a about a half a dozen really high grade Gretzky cards in this one that uh, it, it, it just the diversity is just amazes me. There's a panel, a Marciano panel from the ringside, and uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, uh, Lee. One uh, that jumped out at me was the 1948 football exhibits. Yeah, that is a really cool. How many of those are there? Uh, I think it's close to thirty of them. But yeah, beautiful. That's a to beautiful. me they're just undervalued. I mean, absolutely. Uh, they're they're nice cards, and they they don't seem to get much for price. Are you, are you selling it? You're selling it as a set, correct? You, you didn't break it up. You're selling it as a set. It's one lot. Yeah, I think I'm gonna it, put it's a, a, it's a lot. Marion Motley's in there, and there's some Hall of Famers within the. It's a very wow. cool, uh, very cool uh, uh, issue. I, I love it. And uh, as I said, I think I may put a, a little bit in on that one. Yeah. Lee, you have a, I saw a 1910 Walter Johnson Sporting Life um, in yeah. there. And maybe you all three of you guys can chat. We don't talk a lot about Walter Johnson uh, in the hobby. Not enough anyway. Can you talk about that item, uh, Lee, a little bit? And you guys can chime in on on um, Walter in, 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 in general. Train. Yeah, that came yeah. in with that same group with the antique dealer that had the they were all ungraded when he came to me and, and it's a three, but it's much nicer than that. Appearance wise. I mean, obviously you got the grade for the three, but Johnson cards are that definitely, he took off with Matheson and the rest during COVID. Yeah. Where it's tough to get a reasonable price, Matheson Johnson or whatever. But to me, he's, Probably the greatest picture. I ever. think that T206 Walter Johnson portrait is one of the most iconic cards in a high grade. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous card. Dan, you guys have sold a lot of those over the years. Oh, yeah. A lot of the T206 portraits, even those tough backs. I mean, again, they're, it's amazing that I even learned that what's there, there are about 500 some odd cards in the set. Yet, if you were to be insanely dedicated, there are about 6,000 variations if you're putting together all the the different backs so it's wow you know it's like 10 11 12 x of you know the mainstream sweet caporal and 
you know, cards like that. I mean, but. that's that's a good thing about the T206. There is a lot of them out there, and it's it's a it's a affordable collection. Yeah. Uh, for a hobbyist. Yep. You know, from from yep. you, know, you can buy you can have a 523 PSA ones and twos, or you can have you know mid grade or high grade. So it's really affordable. Yep. Yep, for sure. But that Wagner is so expensive these days. Even if you find one that's authentic, crumpled up, um, altered, if it's re, um, you know, repainted. I mean, it's such an it's so amazing. It's such an iconic card that now, in the worst of worst conditions, you're looking at minimum a million dollars. How about the one that was ripped in half that went for a half a million and was ripped in half? Yeah. Well, that's why, like I said, it's a million bucks for one of those cards. But if you cut it in half, you only pay half a million. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on which yeah. half you get. Top half is more expensive. Right. <laughs> go ahead. You, with the T206s, you can, there's so many subsets you can work on, whether it's a team, a back, Absolutely. portraits. I mean, so you can find your own little niche. I mean, my niche was cycle 460 backs well that got to be more of a pain in the head but than i ever thought it would be because there's two one of ones sure right now wow i have one and i need the other one that's the only card i need but th- there's just as some just don't exist out there and in low numbers and they're where you wouldn't think they were either you know whether it's a common or whatever so what time is the auction in the action, the extended bidding starts at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday. And then once you're in extended bidding, the whole auction is open for bidding, and the 15-minute rule applies to the whole auction. I'm going to throw a bid in tonight on that exhibit, all right? I challenge yeah. someone to come up against you me. Just- I challenge you. What's, <laughs> hold on. Wait, wait. What's the bid at? What's the price at right now? Do you know off the top of your head? For, for, the, for the 48 ex- football exhibits. Give me one second, and we'll certainly have you. <laughs> if it's high, I'm not bidding on it. Never <laughs> too high for you. <laughs> oh, you can open it up. It's a $200 starting Bro, item. Come here. on. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll throw a bid in tonight. All right, hey, Lee. Lee uh, can I uh, ask Lee a question? Sure. sure. Um, is it okay to uh, get me on that lot of 48 football exhibits? I'd like to uh, <laughs> uh, one more bid. Sorry, I you have to register. hundred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can auto bid on the thing. So then, Tom sorry, he's got to register. He's not registered. You're out. <laughs> I'll be there a little bit later on today. Thanks. Uh, All right, Lee. And your website address is info at sterlingsportsauctions.com. Correct? New bidders, easy to get in there. Everything starts as low as $20 on up for the lots. So, awesome. All right, yeah. brother. We'll talk to you down the road. Good luck. Have a good day, everyone. Take Thanks, care. Lee. Good to talk to you, buddy. Lee Barron's good guy. He's got a lot of, as I said, across the board, something for everyone. Yeah, in that and Dan, auction, you know, we're so, talking, yeah. Danny. You know, there's there's a niche for Memory Lane. There's a niche for REA. There's a niche for uh, you know uh, Heritage, and there's yeah. a niche for Sterling Sports Auctions, uh, the Collector Connection, uh, love of the game. You know, it's it just you guys appeal to. All kinds of uh, collectors. Well, it's everybody's everybody's following their passion, and the key is that there's enough for everyone. There's so yeah. much stuff. Like where Lee lives, you know, I'm sure there are people that locally find some great gems, and it's this, and, and it, that's actually more of Lee's advantage because for us, we're in California, and not many uh, cards were produced. I mean, you have Brooklyn for tops, you have Philly for Fleer Philadelphia, you know. You you you're not we're on the West Coast, so we don't really have many local people yeah. that are, that are going to walk in with proof. You know, I, I always say, but I always say, Dan Inzap, when we're talking about the auctions, we interview someone like Dan or Lee, um, and even when we do like some show prep, which I know is very little, you do, but I mean, I actually prepare for the show. <laughs> Excuse me, but what, even, I, what is my what's my motto? Show prep is my enemy. Right, thank it's, you. It's also the enemy of a good show. But anyway, um, no, when we <laughs> when we look at it, sometimes we only talk about like the first like if you're on a website the first couple of pages right yeah but on all these whether it's memory lane or sterling sports you go deeper into the auction there's some neat items for people at all price levels you know what i you do? know like especially like when, with memory lane or even uh, with lee's yeah uh, 
you know, you can go highest price, lowest price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I always start with the lowest yeah, price. Yeah, because you can see what's right. out there. See what, you know, like he's got some neat, uh, some like, gems home run, like home run leader cards from the 60s and all that that aren't, Absolutely. you know, six figures or anything like I'm that. Serious. That I'm it might be cool. I'm going to put a bid in on that. Uh, uh, that 48 exhibit, uh, I think that's a very undervalued yeah. uh, issue. I'll, yeah. I'll outbid you. But, yeah. John, just to your point, when I was young and I was learning about card and card collecting, yeah, uh, my cousin was kind of slick in that he would trade me cards. Like I would have like a rookie card of like Jim Rice or <laughs> Dave Winfield or Mike Schmidt, yeah, and he would say, "Listen, I've got these cards. They've got three stars on them, so I'm going to trade you one with three stars for just one that you have <laughs> that has one star." So That's here right. I'm getting Mickey Mantle, Willie Mays, thank you, on one card, and I'm giving him a friggin' yeah. Schmidt rookie. Right. I mean, not Schmidt, like a Winfield rookie. You know, and I would I learn pretty quick. What I would do, Dan, is I would take advantage when it was time, like to play little league. And it's yep. so like a kid would get on the White Sox or some other, you know. So I'd be trading him, you know, my good. Uh, he, I'd be getting he. I'd just give him all my White Sox. Like I'd give him Don Kessinger, <laughs> and he'd give me like the Jim Rice rookie or something like that, you know. You know, I have a, a John. John and I have a mutual friend. We have a mutual friend, Wayne. That, oh yeah, that Wayne. owned for years a variety store in 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 downtown Lawrence, Massachusetts. Now, I don't know if you know what a variety store is. A little corner store. It's like today's convenience Woolworths. store, but it was a nice, small Yeah, but it was a small. You small know, you little place. You could go in, place, get a sandwich, yeah. buy yeah, some candy, toilet paper, whatever. candy. Yeah, right. But he had, a, he had a side business in the back room. <laughs> he was an accountant. Uh, basically, actually, he was a bookie. But uh, he had, before he went out of business, and this was in the early 70s, hmm. mid-70s, yeah. he had the wherewithal to take... Every one of his baseball cards are on the shelf and in the back room, still in boxes, and they're sitting in his uh, basement, still. So he's got he's got some wow. he's got boxes of unopened cello packs from the seventies. Hasn't touched them. Still sitting there. So I think there'll That's be some there'll be some incredible. value there. Hey, Danny, while we have, well, you know we have a few minutes to break, but I mean you mentioned some of that. We're in the same era. You threw out Dave Winfield and Jim. We're obviously in the same era when we started collecting. I was in that era. You were, that's long after your time, brother. <laughs> but, like, where, where we talk about this sometimes on the show, Zap. I've noticed, like, some people, it seems like there's more interest now in those 70s, 80s guys. But where are they really in the hobby in terms of people bidding on items in auctions for that era? There was a huge run for 70s and 80s. It, it exploded. Like, you have a 1980 Ryan that's going for, like, I'm I'm trying to recall like around twelve thirteen thousand dollars for a tent. I think that was during the hype, you know, with COVID yep. times, and I think that that's kind of uh, softened up a bit mm -hmm. because you know people were collecting eighty one top sets with tens and paying you know two three thousand bucks, obviously depending on the pop. Right. But you know, I think that was just some brutal hype, you know, and. Uh, and it's kind of tapered off recently. Is the deal you with know? that era is that there were so many of them, and even into the 80s and 90s, there's not the scarcity that there is of cards from the 30s, I mean, 40s, and 50s? Once you hit 1984, where you had Strawberry and, you know, uh, Gooden and all that, once yeah. you, like with the traded sets, I'm saying, once it started to mass produce in like 85, where everybody can have a Maguire rookie card and a Clemens and a a good and, and a, you know, all that type of stuff. It just got mass produced. How much, so. how much in that era, Dan, I remember, I know those companies have been around a long time, but when I was started in the mid seventies, it seemed like it was tops, but then like somewhere in the eighties early, that was, then it was Fleer, Don Donruss, Don and all the, all these other companies came in. How much did that affect the long-term value of that era? Um, it didn't affect it. It just brought more people and it brought more product than any, um, Upper any deck, type yeah, of competition yeah, right. is good competition. Yeah. You know, 81 was when Donners and Fleer came in. Yeah. And then, and then cut to 89 Upper Deck. But that was, you know. Danny, we got about a minute left. But I, I want to go back real quickly to what you guys said. Let's go to the 70s. You know, the yeah. George Brett. George Brett, Mike Schmidt, Jim I mean, Rice, as, uh, Parker, as, all as those As the boys. baby boomers, and I'm a baby boomer, as the baby boomers kind of fade into the sunset, all right, and... 10 years from now, 15 years from now, aren't those cards going to be the go-to cards? I unfortunately, in my opinion, don't think so because really? you're going to have the new generation 
that's going after the new Shohei Otani. Yeah, but what Mike. about when 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 you guys when when JM is fifty five? How old? Oh, <laughs> when I'm fifty five, he's sixty five <laughs> years old, or you know, those. Are, I mean, aren't, isn't that generation going to go after those? No, I. You know, I don't think so. I mean, ask your son, Jay, John. Ask your son, John. John, what? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> really, <laughs> Uncle Tom? I mean, is that... <laughs> I hate you both. That was terrible. Um, I just think that with the 70s cards, you know, people, maybe people that were, people that were born in the 70s that are collecting their era, you know, I don't think that people that are going to be born in, 2050 are going to really care about 1970s oh, cards, a, which is a bad for good me because those are like those are my cards. My cards are yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. Dan Wilkham from Memory Lane Auctions is in the house. Uh, we come back. Uh, we're going to come back with a little something else. Hang it in. We'll be right back. <laughs> Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, Mile High. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. Let's go! Batter up! Hi everyone, this is Rico Petroselli. JustCollect.com, a leader in the vintage sports card industry, is giving free appraisals on your vintage cards. They'll evaluate your collection for free and let you know the value of it at no cost and no obligation. If you're ready to sell, JustCollect.com will offer you industry-leading prices to buy your card collection. To begin your free baseball card appraisal, visit JustCollect.com or call them at 732-828-2261. That's JustCollect.com for your free vintage card appraisals and top buy prices for your cards. Check out JustCollect.com today. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. 
As the official authenticators of professional model game used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. Okay, we are back. And don't forget, you can watch us on Facebook, YouTube, or listen to us on your favorite podcast platform like, I'm not going to say, just a bunch of them. Okay, it is time for another Gax Moment brought to you each week by a good friend, Paul Borges and PB Collectibles, your neighborhood card shop. Go to pbcollectibles.com to find that special card or piece of memorabilia. This week, I want to feature a collection of one of our viewers. We've been preaching to collect what you love and look at the investment potential as secondary. Matt Kelly is a viewer of the show, and I asked him to send some image, images of what he likes to collect. Now, keep in mind that there are many, many different variables when it comes to collecting, financial variables. You can afford some, some people can't afford others. Matt's always been passionate about collecting and started by purchasing a few Thai cobs, but after reading about the T206 Honus Wagner, Matt decided to switch gears. He began collecting cards of the Flying Dutchman. Uh, this is an example of an M116 with the blue background. Uh, gorgeous, gorgeous cards. Now he's on a, mis a mission, Matt's on a mission to collect as many Wagners as he can. So we're going to take a look at some of these. Um, Matt lives in Utah, and he is, as we said, I mean, there's some cards there. That's a tip top. He's passionate about his Wagner collection. Collecting these Wagner cards can be very, very challenging, obviously, for the pocketbook. They're very much in demand, but they're also very, very expensive. For Matt, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a labor of love. E90-2, we were talking about that uh, on, a, on a different show. Just a wonderful, wonderful card. This is one of the hot cards in the hobby right now. Whether you collect low-grade T206 Hall of Famers or one player from as many issues as you can find, the hunt can be fun. And I think that's what I'm trying to specify here. The hunt for what you like is what can be a blast. Stay within your budget and enjoy this great hobby. Obviously, sometimes it's difficult to decide what exactly you want to collect but because there are so many options. In Matt's case, he collects Wagners. Now, again, they're very expensive. We all know that. But you can collect uh, Christy Mathewson low-end cards. You can collect uh, uh, George Brett low-end cards. You can collect your favorite team. Just collect what you love. I wish I could afford what Matt, look at that. That's just an amazing collection. Those are all his Wagners. Amazing collection. I wish I could afford it, but I can't. And that's another Gax moment. Okay, we are chatting with our good friend Dan Wilkin from Memory Lane. All right, Danny, I want to get into something that we talked about before we went on the air. I have been, I've really paid attention to the whole collecting for investment purposes as well as the love. And John, jump in here anytime you want. No. <laughs> I cannot, <laughs> I can't understand. I mean, I look at my personal collection and I look at the return of my investment over the last 30 years. The return of my investment, Dan and John, has far surpassed the stock market easily surpassed the stock market over the last 30 years. <clears throat> now, I know collecting cards, vintage cards, you can't get a dividend on it, excuse me. <clears throat> but why isn't that part of an investment portfolio? I have an investment, I have, an, I have a portfolio, obviously Ellen and I have. We have some investments, we have IRAs, 401ks, some stocks, all of that stuff, right? I personally have made my collection part of my investment portfolio. Now, we have a financial advisor. I have begged him, 
and his two sons, and by the way, his two sons are collectors, I've begged them, why don't you guys ever consider learning about the vintage or just the collecting world and making it, offering it as part of a portfolio for an investor? Make recommendations. I want to get your thoughts on that, Dan. Very easy answer. There is absolutely no overnight success. And when you talk to this guy and his sons and you say, hey, why can't you learn, you know, our industry? Okay, he it's going to take him about 10 years, not a month, not a year. It's going to take a long time to be able to digest the buy and sell aspects. What's hot? What's not the pop report? You know, it's all these guys that come in today that say, man, you know, you you do so well. How do you do it? It's I'm in the film industry, too. And they say, well, how do you produce a movie? Well, I I went to school in 1994. I worked on feature films as an intern. You know, I I, I paid my dues. You know, I collected, you know, I'm, I'm 52 years old, 1971. I collected from like 77 up until now. So it's like. I, I think that the years that are put into learning everything, you know, are the reason why, you know, we can outperform any bank account, any stock market, because here we our industry crushes the stock market. It's amazing. You know, just, you, it's like it's mind blowing. The thing is, and I think this relates to what Dan said and also what you said and what you mentioned earlier in the show is that. So why don't more people invest in collectibles as they do in stocks or bonds or things like that. They don't have the initial love of the game. That's where yeah. you're, you started, you're a baseball fan. You started as a, the reason you, it wasn't you started collecting cards and then became a baseball fan. You were a fan of the game and then you, you right, went so off into collecting. Right, so if you don't have that base, I'm, you're not going to do you it. You were a baseball fan before a money fan. Correct. I, I, exactly. 100%. But I, I'm going to throw this out to both of you then. So why don't educated collectors, or maybe they do. Dan, I'm going to use you as an example. I know you have an extensive collection. You've got a wonderful collection. And I'm sure that you have some financial investments. Let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah. My question is, do, like Mike Lamazzo, a good dear friend of ours, Mike day trades, been doing it for 40 yeah, yeah, years, right, right. does very, very well with right. his stocks, buys, sells, right. Dan, do you do? I mean, do you look at it like that, where you will buy a particular collectible or a card or a piece of memorabilia and make it part of your investment portfolio yourself? You're the expert. You don't need a financial advisor for that. I absolutely don't need a financial advisor, but it's great to diversify. Like I have real estate, and I have you know my inventory, which is like primarily it's my collection, you know, right. Everything at at some points for sale, you know, depending on, you know, what someone wants to pay, but, you know, I can in that, uh, in the time that I'm collecting and, and buying and selling and we're dealing, I can still enjoy every single one of those pieces. And if I end up doing like even Joe T, you know, we'll sell something or sell a couple things to buy something bigger. He's very smart that way. And, you know, I'll buy stuff that I love, but in the back of my mind, I'll make sure I'm getting into that item at the right price. Like I recently bought a 16 by 20 signed by Babe Ruth. I bought a cut signed by Bugsy Siegel. It was a union receipt. So I'm, you know, it's, you're buying rare stuff and, you know, I love sports. That's what got me into this, but the non-sports and the political, you know, the, that type of stuff is uh, also amazing, you know, to collect. But like I said before, we crush the banks and we crush uh, a, a stockbroker because if he can get us 8% on our money, that's incredible. But if I can buy something for 100 bucks and sell it for 130 you know, come on. It's, you know, I put, couldn't it's agree with buying you on. Ellen and I, we, and I'm going to be Joe Tomasulo was very instrumental. Joe, I spent a lot of time with Joe and I, I, I picked his brain. And he does it the right way. Ellen and I started doing it a couple of years ago. And what we do is we'll take a pool of money and we'll invest, excuse me, we'll invest in a particular card that I know is we're going to hold on to for a while, but eventually going to probably get rid of it to hopefully make a profit on. 
And we've been doing that. So what we do is we'll take half of our pool of money and we'll buy cars that are going to stay in the collection. And then the other half, we'll buy a card that we may flip two years from now, a year and a half from now. And it really has worked there for us. That finances your collection. That finances your collection. So you end up having nearly nothing into that collection. And you are your own advisor, your own financial advisor. Again, John, you made a great point. You are a baseball fan. And I think people that get into, you know, being a stockbroker or working at a bank, you know, it's tough to ask them to, you know, put that as a part of your portfolio because the background. And I think it's, and I I don't dabble too much in, in stocks and things like that, but I think it's easier for me, let's say I'm, I'm starting square one, never invested in a stock in my life. I think it's easy to learn more about the stock market or even real estate. You talk to some people you, that know it, obviously, go to people that are experts in the field, than it is for someone to get a real sense of the vast history of sports collectibles. You right. can't do that in a week. Okay. Now you can watch this show and you can go on your site, Dan, and you can, you can learn. I mean, if you're not lazy, you can learn about it and you can learn about it enough to know what's valuable. What is it? You can go on these auction sites and see what people are bidding. You can read sports collectors daily and see what's going on. So it's not completely out of the realm of learning, but I still say you guys talk, I think eventually like you talk about you and Ellen do, it comes down to that balance, right? When you, once you get into it now, it's like, okay, I know what's valuable. I know what isn't. I know what I'm going to buy and keep because I want to give it to my grandson to just keep it and display it. Exactly. And I also know what I'm doing for an investment so I can sell it in a year or two and, and double my money. Dan, has there ever been a pay- we're gonna. By the way, we're going to get into you're, you're with us now for the rest of the show. We don't have another right, guest You can't leave on. now, Dan. We don't so, have another right, guest yeah. coming on. Because <laughs> right. then it would be just us two. <laughs> we certainly don't want that. Uh, so, Dan, have you ever uh, potted with a piece that was near and dear to your heart because you know it was a real valuable piece and you wanted to That's a get, great question. get another piece right. that was more valuable. You know, it's not as, a, it's not a, as uh, you know, I have. I've parted with, uh, you know, a couple pieces that, you know, I'm kind of bummed, you know, that I sold. Right. Uh, one, I, and these are actually, funny enough, non-sports. I owned Jimmy Hoffa's life insurance policy with his fingerprints and with updates from the the first one he sure, bought sure. until his, you know, they had to, uh, you know, have addendums and stuff like that. So yes, that, you know, I got rid of and you'll laugh. I owned a cast like of every single character from the Simpsons drawn by Matt Groening. Oh, and wow. it's, Very and he's cool. never, ever done that. And it had like even the dogs in it, you know, a big 11 by 14 that he hand signed or hand drew, you know, when it comes to, you know, things like that, it's few and far between because you're increasing the amount of stuff in your inventory, you're increasing the value. So you're buying and selling and buying and selling. And, you know, people say, well, why the hell do you sell that? You know, 10 years ago, it's worth X amount now. Well, guess what? 10, 20 years ago, we needed the money to keep it rolling in order to gain the value of what we have today. So it was more or less an investment of people say, why do you sell it? Well, listen, if something was 10 grand and it went up 10 years later to 20 grand and they're like, man, you could have doubled your money. Well, guess what? I'll explain to you that I tripled my money because I turned 10 20 years ago into 30 today. Absolutely agree with you. Yeah. You know, just from buying and selling and the, you know, it's, it really is. And that's what increases your inventory and and collection. And I think this is why we've talked a lot about on the show about, you know, do, do young, I'm going to say young collectors that are so focused on the headlines and today's players, you know, do they, that's why these kids, and I'm going to say kids, even though it's not only kids, that they should expand their horizons and look back whether it's to the 60s, the 50s, the 40s, like, like it's the same game. You have to have the respect. Okay, what were the guys doing then? Who were the guys that are doing what these guys are doing now then? And then you can expand your collecting spectrum as well. I've I mean, even that. when you're I've a sports fan. Recently. Yeah. I'm sure I mean, you have. Yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I can't fathom. Again, I know we've, we've hopped upon this a million times. And you said it at the beginning of the show, or maybe before we went on the air. The modern market is either crashing or it's slowed down to a, a, a crawl. Yeah. Why aren't these young investors seeing the light 
rather than still. I mean, are they seeing the light? Is I that why it's are. slowed down? Are they yeah. starting to invest in, in vintage, maybe mixing up their portfolio? Well, they don't even know finan- financially. They don't even know. They know money. They know cash. They know quick in and out, buy, sell. They want to see that green, what, what, what the problem is that there's no backbone to that group of people who are backing each other who won't pump and dump. That's what's going to absolutely kill 99% of those younger investors is because they're going to get nervous and they're going to say, my God, it's dropping like, like Bitcoin did back in the day. And they're going to say, you know, I'll dump this stuff. And, and they're going to lose and lose and lose and lose and lose. And they're just going to, you know, try and catch their tail. But as far, I recently saw at a show a couple of guys that were probably in their 20s that were actually diversifying and were showing me like a 52 maze all, way off center in a three, whatever, a two. But who cares? It's, right. it's a vintage card. It does. It all it matters is what you buy it for and what you sell it for. Totally. You know, and if you're making a profit, so much. I, mean, I, I mean, I think it's happening. I, I think the, especially yeah, when, they, when these young we see it at the shows. You see young people walk, or new, I'm going to say young people, new collectors, okay, that maybe have been brought in because of the headlines of the day, the current players. But now you see them going to these shows, and they're seeing all these other cards, and, and they're watching the, you know, they're, they're keeping well, I, I track of what's are. going. I, I think they, they are. are. I, you know, the, by the way, I think it's the other way around, too. I think there's probably some older people that, okay, I'm going to well, look at the Mike Trout. I'm well, going to look at these you guys, you, you know? they are. You know what? We all got dirty at one point. We all had to fall on our faces and get back up again. Right. You know, and learn the hard way. And I think that's what built our strength in buying and selling. Well, Danny, there and- is a there is a there's a caveat here, and we you and I have talked about it on the air as well as John and Rico, is that again, I've used the term a zillion times influencers. And some of these yeah. kids are listening to influencers that are, quite frankly, are on the payroll of some big companies. I'm not going to mention Correct. those they, companies, but they're on the payroll. So yeah, all they're they doing need- is they're recommending you buy this uh, 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 Jason Tatum Panini a purple background with the, you know, whatever, one of one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the other thing is this, and the, those things, the sound bites and the headlines, you don't see a headline about uh, a card going because everybody loved it. And had a passion for it. Yeah. The headlines are what it's going for, what the cost is. So, it, you know, the money is being hammered in instead of the knowledge and the love of the game. That's the other. And that's that. I think it's that age old, you know, dichotomy yeah, of the vehicles. business, right? There yeah. are vehicles for this. There's the pop report. There's VCP. Correct. There, there are vehicles Correct. that people can go to to see what items are going for, what they went for, what they realized. And that is that's like your your personal assistant that will absolutely you know what what the pulse is on those those items. All right, listen, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Memory Lane Winter Auction that's coming yeah. up. Some really cool stuff. Looking I was at the Boston. Sh- I was at the Boston show and I saw some cool stuff in the case. Hang in there. Yeah. We'll be right back. Sounds Christine great. Auction is a family-owned and operated online auction specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalli and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality, and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International, traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. If you're a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. The original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on the tradition. 
From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection, to the famed Boston Garden Auction, to high-end card auctions from every major sport, Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's, the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field, and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts, capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, courting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. With record-breaking sales from everything from the white border T206 Hollandus Wagner for $3.12 million to some great items that support the Jackie Robinson Foundation, Golden Auctions has set the highest standards for the finest in sports cards, autographs, and game-used memorabilia. We're always accepting consignments of high-end premium sports treasures or entire collections. Please register for our next auction and bid now at goldenauctions.com. That's golden with an I. We at Golden Auctions are committed to providing unsurpassed customer service for the discriminating collector. That's exactly why we're the leader in the industry. Visit goldenauctions.com or call 856-767-8550. Remember, Golden Auctions. We don't just break records, we shatter them. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. Hey, I'm Mike Petroselli. If your company is looking for the best in marketing and promotional items, you'll hit a home run with Petroselli Marketing. With over 8,000 suppliers and 650,000 imprint-ready items, we can get your company the visibility it needs to get your maximum exposure. Whether it be office promotions, wearables, automotive, sports items, and everything in between, Petroselli Marketing can do it all. Our design staff will even work with you from concept to delivery and customize your products. At Petroselli Marketing Group, we will get your brand in front of your audience. Contact us at info at PetrocelliMKT.com or call us at 603-880-3202. That's Petrocelli Marketing, where no dream is impossible. So how does your company 
or organization do promotions. Imprinted products keep your brand in front of your customers more than any other form of advertising. For the best on-time service and new ideas for your next project, give Petroselli Marketing Group a call at 800-264-4294 or email mp at petrocellimkt.com. And we are back here on the Great American Collectibles Show. He's Tom Zappala. I'm John Mallory. And I want to tell you about our good friends at the Philly Show. East Coast Sports Marketing and Hunt Auctions are pleased to present the Philadelphia Sports Collector Show, the Philly Show, from Friday, December 1st to Sunday, December 3rd, held at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center Hall, A&E 100 Station Ave, Oaks, PA. Shop our expanded 100,000-plus square foot show floor with over 250 of your favorite hobby dealers, booths of sports collectibles, heaven from the 1800s to present day. Major sports auction houses and third-party grading and authentication companies are on hand to assist your collecting needs. The Philly Show is family-friendly, and all kids 10 and under get in for free. Autograph guests to include Philadelphia Phillies fan favorite, 2008 World Series MVP Cole Hamels, Eagles greats like Brian Dawkins, Randall Cunningham, Ron Jaworski, Harold Carmichael, and many more. For more information, go to phillyshow.com. Remember... Since 1975, the Philly Show is where it all started. Hey, Danny, let's talk about the winter auction. You guys got some killer, killer stuff in it. Can you highlight a few items for us? Yeah, definitely. Before we talk about the auction, John, can I have you center that cup right there to the left of you? Just so memory lane to the logo. Right. Hold on. Hold on. Let me say something. Tom, where's yours? Okay. Where's yours? Mine is right next to my nightstand at my bed. And I fill it up every night with spring water, and that's what I sip from over the course of the night until I have to start peeing quite a few times, and then I stop. Right. So we're going to do the show at your bed next time. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. We got a lot of highlights in this auction. About time there's some action there. <laughs> it starts wow. in December, ends in January. Um, you know, we have a 52 Bowman Mantle and a PSA 9. There's only two PSA examples that are graded higher. Uh, but help me out a second. Now, I, I don't know if I pronounce this right. I said 52 to- fifty two Bowman uh, Mickey Mantle. Is it card or cod? Cod. It's a cod. It's a Mickey Mantle cod. Tops Mantle and a PSA cod, a cod is something that you – it's a piece of fish. Fish. Yeah, <laughs> cod. Okay, so card. Cod. Cod. cod is the <laughs> New York way. Uh, we've got a 57 Tops Mantle and a PSA 9. There's only one example graded higher. We have a 15 Ruth postcard that's incredible. It's a rookie era postcard with the an original Ruth image, which is it's an SGC four, which is uh, a great card. There's only it's only one of two known examples. We have a 62 tops maze in a PSA nine. Mm. Only one example graded higher. We've got a maze in a, a 58 maze, a 52 maze. The 58 maze is a pop five. That's a PSA nine. Um, a 55. We have a lot of Aaron and Mays high, high grade cards. 55 tops, Aaron and a nine. A 53 tops, uh, uh, Mickey Mantle in an eight. We even have, you know, going more towards the modern side, we've got an 80 tops, uh, Henderson in a 10. We have going back to the vintage, a 52 tops, Jackie in a PSA eight, which is really hot. Um, we've got a full 86 Fleer all nine set which is going to – I mean, that's actually – the Jordan rookie cards are actually great cards to get right now because I'm starting to see an increase in those. There was a big decline. I was going to say that. That that card has gone up and down, huh? Yeah, and I remember selling a nine for – you know, where we talked about this shows ago where I told my client just hang on and it'll come down. You know, I ended up purchasing one for him for 50000 Well, that – he got hammered on that because it's probably a – Sixteen to eighteen thousand dollar card. Now um, we've got a um, a significant nineteen twenties headed home Babe Ruth horizontal format PSA two. Wow! And it's one of Ruth's first Yankee cards. So that's a cool, you know, a really cool card. We've got um, some postcards. One incredible card is that E ninety dash two, the E ninety dash two, the American caramel card. The Honus Wagner card. It's a great and card. It's an SGC two, which will perform 
to to its to the highest extent. You know, I saw that cut at the show. Joe had it in the case. Cut should have been graded at three. Yeah, you know, I'm telling you on a, on a serious note, grading companies have really tightened up in the last X amount of years. You know, as far as grading is concerned, where you'd have a you know get a six on something that maybe ten years ago you would have gotten an eight. You know, yeah. which, and then we have some an open like a seventy eight tops vending case, seventy eight tops vending case, which is pretty cool. Um, we've got Gaudi cards, like a thirty four Gaudi Gehrig and a PSA seven. Um, you know, which is you know a great card. How's this a fifty seven tops Aaron and a PSA nine, the highest graded wow. example ever? Danny, these cards. I mean, are you you're getting them from multiple consigners. I'm assuming a lot of these yeah, multiple from- consigners. But you know, just to be open, to be transparent, the uh, Mays and Aaron's were one one person's collection of real high grade stuff. And it goes to show you what we were talking about before that he wants to upgrade to like a Wagner or maybe a ten. You know, in the fifties when it comes or sixties when it comes to a mantle. So it's always upgrading. And again, we are our own financial advisor. You know, and and one big thing about collecting, it it has to be something that you love. This guy bought all these mantle, all these errands and mazes because he loves both of those players and he bought them at the right time. And like you said, 1020X from 30 years ago and buying cards, you know, how things you know exploded. He's really been able to, you know, kind of celebrate that type of great investment. I mean, I was buying, I, I, Christ, I was buying 30 years ago, 35 years ago, I was buying T206. I remember Walter Johnson was a PSA 4. I think I paid 300 bucks for it. Yeah, yeah, something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Crazy. And it, it just, so, I mean, that's, uh, that's like a real, you know, group of, you know, high-grade stuff. We have about two. 100 250 unopened packs you know single packs from the 50s 60s wow. 70s that type of stuff is not you know you can't find those types of items these days so that's you know Dan, you have a buyer buys, for the person for those for those types of packs that you're talking about does yeah. do the vintage like someone like uh i don't know Leighton using Leighton as an example or Charlie Perino, do those guys come in and scoop those up and you and break them open for their shows? You know, possibly. But here's, you know, you have multiple buyers for those packs. You have the guy that has the set on the set registry who wants to add a pack to his 63 top set. You got a guy who is strictly collecting baseball on open. Then you got people that are collecting just all four sports, or there's more than four, obviously, with right. boxing and golf and all that. But they're collecting you know, just unopened. So you ha- and then people that want to open. But I'll tell you, if you're buying an unopened pack, it's the worst thing to open it. You know, y- you do the math. You have to get real clean cards. They've been moving around for so long. I think if you're going to buy an unopened pack, do not open it. Mm. It's right. the mystique. Yep. Hey, I want to ask you a question, Dan. we got about Dan. a minute and a half. Like a minute and a half. Just quickly, I know you did a Facebook post. That you, Dan worked in network television in he production. Did. And you worked on the same lot uh, where Matthew Perry was doing Friends. And you yes. also worked on Step by Step with Suzanne Summers, who we also yeah. lost recently. Again, we only have a couple of minutes left. Can you just talk about your experiences? Because you said really nice things. You knew people that said Matt Perry was a really good guy. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Really quick, I moved to LA in 94. I had three interviews. I was going to work on 90210, the Dick Clark Productions, and Warner Brothers. I was told by a friend of mine who was my mentor, get on a lot. I got on the lot, interviewed. I got the job the same day. I was a stage production assistant on Step by Step. Worked with Patrick Duffy and Suzanne Summers, who was the nicest in the world. And then our cameraman shot the show Friends. So I probably saw... I. I almost got sick of it. I was watching friends tape, you know, every single Tuesday night and bring it, but I would bring friends to that show because I felt like if I'm seeing that, I want to share that with other people. So I've met, you know, the whole friends cast. I sat on that couch and ate lunch while my, (laughs) while the cameramen were, you know, putting together, uh, you know, their, their, all that stuff for the shoot for that day. And it's, you know, I never took anything for granted. And it was the greatest experience of my life, 
because I could be around those people. I remember seeing Gene Wilder when the Wilder show was going on. And I would throw a football with Dean Kane where while <laughs> Steven Seagal is making, you know, filming his movie next door. And I see, cool. you know, every and George Clooney, we'd play basketball all the time. We'd wow. finish. We were on stage eight. They were on stage 10. So we'd go to the back lot. And I remember vi- like like it was yesterday like walking up the center of Warner brothers and there was a payphone there and a golf carts coming up behind me and says, Hey, hop in. We're going to play ball. It was Clooney. And I said, I'll be there in a second, jumped into the payphone, used my AT&T calling card and called my mom and said, I swear I'm going right now to play basketball with George Clooney hung up. She's like, get, go, go, go have. So I've had more incredible memories with that lot. And, other film lots. All right, Danny, when is the uh, auction ends after the first of the year, correct? Correct, correct. So we ha- we're doing a little bit of a, a push for consignments, although today is today and tomorrow are pretty much the last days because we're going to do the layout on Thursday, and uh, it's going to be spectacular. Awesome. It's going to be a Looking great forward auction. to it. Your website address? www.memoryleaning.com. You guys have done a great job. Love working with you guys. You, Thank JP. Uh, Joe, Joe Teague's kind of, no, Joe Teague's a great guy. The jury's out. He's, he's amazing. Tony. He's a, passion. Tony's a good guy. They're all good guys. With yeah. that being said, Dan, say hi to everyone on the West coast, to our viewers and That's listeners. Good. We love you guys. Thanks for all the support and happy collecting. Thank you. Take care. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.